0: Welcome to Roll Call with Ramona. I'm your host Ramona Singh and today we have Mo Dana uh, speaking to us. He's the general manager of Chrysler in Chicoutimi, Quebec. He was previously the sales manager at Mercedes-Benz in Montreal, also the sales manager at BMW in Ottawa and the senior VP sales and marketing at Celluland. Mo has been in sales and marketing uh, for about the last 15 years. He's had a regular member at the President's Club for overachieving on his annual quotas. He has the ability to recognize market opportunities, to elaborate go-to-market strategies, to develop sales campaigns, and to carefully execute on all steps of the sales process. And of course, establishing and maintaining long-term effective client relationships. Mo Dana, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Good to be here.
0: So Mo, was this always part of the plan that you'd be in the auto industry? Were you like the young guy who loved cars and knew one day you'd make a career out of it?
1: Actually, it, it, it's a it's a funny story because I, it wasn't intended to be as such. Um, after I finished school, uh, I wasn't really ready for real life. So I just wanted to kind of hang out a bit and find out what I really wanted to do with my career. And then okay. I, I, yeah, I, I ran into a friend and you know, I, I said, what are you doing? He said, oh, I'm working for Volkswagen. And then um, I said, wow, I'm looking for a little golf. He's like, uh, you know, golfs were the super popular car at the time. Everybody wanted one. And I said, I'd like one. And he's like, well, what are you doing? I said, well, I just finished school. I'm not really sure what I want to do. I just had finished my master's degree in business marketing. And then he says, well, if you come work for us, they'll give you a free car. I said, what? He's like, yeah, we we'll give you a demo. And then you get it for free until you find out what you wanted to do. And then I started working there, got my free golf. And um, it's, been, it's been downhill from there.
0: Wow. So were you able to keep the car for as long as you worked there?
1: Yes. As long as you were working uh, for that uh, company, you get to keep the the car because, you know, they want the salespeople to show the the product. So it'd be funny to have, let's say, a Honda Civic while you're working for Volkswagen. So it was their way of making sure that the salespeople showed off the brand.
0: Exactly. And you were able to talk about the car and the features and be in love with it. So that's a great strategy. Do you do that today? Because right now you're running your own business. Like you run a Chrysler dealership. Is that also your tactic? What are you doing now?
1: Absolutely. I mean, it's always good to 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 make sure that your, your staff are proud of the product that they're representing. So it's always a good idea to have them drive your brand. So yeah, we keep, we keep, uh, that's, that's regular practice in the industry. So, you know, we're not, any different from anyone else. We want to make sure that our salespeople are driving our brand.
0: Yeah, so tell me about what happened this year. So, you know, everyone had their own set of challenges and, you know, every industry. What happened in, you know, your industry specifically with the shutdown, Um, although I believe, I think automotive industry in Ontario was determined as essential services, I'm not sure in Quebec, uh, but on the manufacturing side. So what happened with your industry? This,
1: uh, well for the, the service on the service level we were we were mandated to stay open to repair cars for people so people could actually get to work and and uh, you know make sure the police officers doctors uh, if you were working for an essential service then we had we we were able to repair repair your car if you took an appointment and so on and so forth it was very unpleasant for everyone because you you had to you know who gets to decide what's uh, essential or not, you know, um, a mother of three kids that's uh, uh, taking care of her kids alone and her car breaks down. Well, uh, to me, that's an essential service. You, you know, you have to, Absolutely. You have to, that uh, they're able to, um, to, to take care of, of their families and do the small errands that don't, don't seem to be, that doesn't appear to be essential, but going to the grocery store for a single mom of three is essential. So it, it was hard to, because you weren't allowed that, that wasn't considered essential as an example. So if you work for doctor's office, uh, p- police officers, or anything that was considered by the government essential because they decided what was and what wasn't essential. So we had to deal with that, which was extremely difficult because, you know, just giving the example that I gave a few seconds ago, it's heartbreaking. How can you tell that person that I'm sorry, the government doesn't deem you as an essential service. So, you're gonna have to take the bus or, or or a cab to to do your grocery shopping. So it was terrible. It was it was. I'm sure everybody went through the same thing, and it was just very unpleasant.
0: Yeah, and uh, so you at your current dealership, uh, you started the year off with eighty employees, and uh, when the lockdown order came about, I believe in March, sometime, um, what happened? You sent everybody home.
1: It was a disaster. I mean, everything. We were just literally. We shut down. We were, we we had we didn't have a say in this. We didn't have any decisions to make. It was just you're closed and uh, until further notice. So everything everything I had to send everyone home. Uh, I'll, I had to keep on call a few technicians for the for uh, for uh, the appointments that we did have to do for essential workers to repair their vehicles. It wasn't very much. It was on a appoint- by appointment only. So we would get bring our texts to ha- to come in one uh, once we had an appointment booked. And uh, we were limited to the amount of tax we could have at once and so on and so forth. But we had to manage through that and make sure that uh, that, that the law was respected and, and, and that we, you know, we were following the rules that were uh, put in place for that.
0: And so not knowing how long you're going to stay closed, what happened to like the employees, the ones that were on salary or commission? I mean, how do those structures work out? Did, were they on payroll? Were they, no, did they take vacation?
1: Everybody was sent home. Everybody was laid off temporarily uh, without knowing when they're going to come back or, or when we're going to call them back. And if we were going to call them back, because we didn't know at the time what was going to happen and how everything was to start again. if it was to start again, there was a lot of unknown back then uh, for everyone. And there's still everything changes regularly. They, they, they kind of, you know, add rules as they go or remove rules as they go. So it's still very challenging to navigate through all the changes that are happening and there's still a lot of unknown but we've decided that we're not going to run our business based on the unknown if things are going well we're going to keep everyone and we'll worry about it when it happens we did we did take some steps to mitigate our risk and make sure that you know we're not going to be in trouble if if ever we're uh, were to be to shut down again and we have you know a couple of strategies that we're working on now um, to finalize in case that happens again
0: Right, because there's so much talk of the second wave, and you know, so it's now that we've had the first run through, we should have a plan for the second time around. So, you've been open since May 11th, and so you've been around, you've been open for about three months. But, what happened in those two months that you're off? How are sales like?
1: Um. Very little, but yet we, were st- we, we still managed to sell some vehicles online through video conferencing. So whenever we had a, you know, because people's cars still broke down and the people still had accidents and people still had, uh, you know, to replace their vehicles. whether uh, And businesses uh, like governments and stuff still needed vehicles. So we, 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 did, uh, we did have an online platform. That allowed us to communicate with our clients if, uh, effectively and make sure that we were able to do the presentation online. All the contracts were signed uh, virtually, so it was you know we had to act quick to be able to to offer that service, or people just would would go elsewhere, and you'd lose from your own client base to others because they're able to offer that service and you can't. So we were very quick to to adapt to that and um, put it in place so we could uh, we could we could survive.
0: Yeah. And that's amazing because you always think buying a vehicle, you need to test drive it. You need to look and feel the interior, the exterior, pick out a color features. But it's amazing that in this day and age, under those circumstances, you're able to do it all through video conferencing and pictures and details and spec sheets.
1: We have no choice. I mean, this, that's what was available to the client and to us. That's what, that's the only thing we can do for them. And, and, you know, during that period, it wasn't so much of luxury shopping as, you know, I'm shopping around for a car and I'm, I don't know what I want to buy. It was more like, I need this. If, you know, if somebody wanted a caravan or a truck or, or, or a specific vehicle that they're just replacing, it was more that kind of sales than, than people that are just, you know, shopping around looking for their next dream car.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, you've had experience at BMW, Mercedes-Benz, the European cars, and now being, you know, with North American vehicles. Did you think that they went through the same thing? Do you still have contacts that, you know, in, in those dealerships and what they went through?
1: This is a pandemic. I mean, I think it's worldwide. I don't think it's, it's, it's by any means, uh, subject to a specific location, uh, country. I think it was, you know, a, a, a worldwide pandemic. And, and we're still feeling the effect of it. I mean, by no means are we uh, looking at this as a past memory. Uh, every day is a surprise and we don't know what's going to happen. I mean, things could change by the hour, by the minute. So it's, I mean, to this day, they they add rules, they change rules, they, they modify rules. So it's a challenge just to make sure you're always up to date and, uh, you know, making sure that you're ready for whatever's going to come next, even though no one really knows. So it's that, that on its own is challenging.
0: Right, because you need to have that communication with the regulatory bodies and government and what that means to you and how you can apply it. So uh, now moving to May 11th, you opened up, it was grand opening, You know, you restarted the showroom, you got everybody back, all your employees back in place, all hands on deck. How did that go?
1: Uh, a lot better than we expected, to be honest. Because um, my strategy was to bring some kind of normalcy to, to 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 all this. Like some people, you know, I figured if I get everybody back in at once, um, everybody will just be happier. I think it would take a lot of uh, already that they've been laid off for a couple of months. The anxiety was up for a lot of people, and at the same time, we have to not forget that we, you know, there was a a shortage of of uh, of employees. So you don't want to lose your employees because you're not sure of what's going to happen. And I figured if I was to lose them, I'd rather lose them because, you know, everybody's losing them as opposed to being one of the only people that didn't bring in employees and uh, risk losing them. So we brought them in for two reasons. A, uh, we believe in them. We believe in our staff. And I think we, you know, we have, we have a great, great staff and you know, there's, there's the human part that comes in and says they have families to feed and and, you know, being in sales, it's, uh, you know, your pay, you you get to decide what your paycheck is going to be. So we brought everybody back on, whether it be in the front end of the house and in, in the sales department and the technicians, the mechanics, the parts people, everybody came back at once. Uh, and um, it was, it, it was, everybody was happy. Everybody was happy to be here. They were grateful to be here. And um, yeah, so that's what we did. We just took the chance and said, everybody in at once. We rung the bell and everybody showed up.
0: And what are some of the protocols that you have in place now in terms of, like, sanitizing, disinfecting, um, these protocols? It,
1: the protocols are uh, unbelievable. I mean, uh, we, from, from um, putting, putting blocks to everybody's door, adding uh, plexiglasses in the salespeople's desks, uh, adding separators in the cars from the front uh, seat to the back seat so people could kind of be separated by that glass uh having uh, specific areas in the showroom where people have to you can no longer walk in and just walk freely we have areas designated for you to walk to sit in all the vehicles in the showroom are all locked and uh, we unlock them by um, by interest of customers and then we have to disinfect them again once they're done we have signs on the vehicles saying this car has been disinfected for you to try and uh, when we're done, we have to do the same. And if it hasn't, then we have a red sign saying, this car has not been, so don't touch it. So uh, we have the bathrooms that are locked. You have to get a key and be able to, 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 to come in. We have to disinfect after each use. Uh, I, I've literally hired two staff members that are full-time uh, being able to, to, to deal with all these things and making sure everyone's safe, as much our staff as, as our uh, customers.
0: Right. And so people, as they come in, they see all the protocol and they feel safe. You know, so what was, how are sales now that you've been open for about three months? Have you, has it recovered? Um, you know, now that you're comparing like year to date, what's the difference? Is it better than what you expected given the pandemic? I,
1: I mean, the sales, the you know, surprisingly and thankfully, uh, sales just, you know, from day one were great and they've maintained. Um, now having said that we haven't been able to recoup the two months that we've lost but we were able to get a slight gain from sales for uh may june july and uh, now you know we're in august are slightly higher than what they were last year but not enough to make up for for the two months lost so we're, uh, we're extremely happy with the results that that we're uh, that we're having and i think it's throughout it's not just uh, limited to us i think all the car dealerships uh, you know, in, in metropolitan cities, or 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 you know, with with a basin of people of more than two hundred thousand people, have done have done well. Some better than others, but overall, the car industry have uh, has has recovered quite well since the return. But it's day to day, and you know, it could go. It could you know, the switch can go off at any time. So for now, we're just trying to 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 accommodate all our customers, make sure that we deliver all the cars, because you know we were affected huge, not just by sales, but also our, you know, if you look at Chrysler, Fiat, uh, automobiles, they're, you know, we have a lot of factories in the U S and all those factories shut down and they're still having a hard time, uh, you know, starting up again. So all the productions will slow down. So dealers that didn't have a lot of inventory or pre-orders are having a hard time getting their stock now. So, that that that's that's a challenge because um, you know we sold really well in the past few months, so getting your lots refilled is a challenge in in some models. So that's that's, you, that's still gonna.
0: Do you foresee that happening in the fall season? I mean, I'm guessing you had good inventory, so you're able to be okay. Um, given the two challenges, obviously one with the pandemic and what local government would do, but of course what the U.S. manufacturing plants and of course the borders being shut for only essential. You know services coming through well it's a
1: you know to answer that question properly I have to start by saying that you know everybody panicked when uh, when this pandemic started you know as a car dealership you have you know millions of dollars in inventory sitting on your lot and then you always have ongoing orders that are uh, that are uh, incoming um, a lot of dealers not knowing what's going to happen uh, either canceled, or try to liquidate all their inventory to dealers that were buying or people that were, that had, that were a little shorter. So every, you know, I, we didn't panic. We were one of the largest dealers in uh, Eastern Quebec for, for Chrysler. So we had a pretty good inventory already. And I took the gamble thinking, you know, this is a worldwide pandemic. I don't think it's going to take, you know, six, seven, eight months for it. Something has had to be done and something was going to happen to, to kind of get this thing going again, because it wasn't just, you know, special to one country, one area. It's it's worldwide, so we took the gamble and and kept our our inventory and kept our orders. Uh, we didn't cancel anything, so we were fortunate that everything came in right on time when we took when we started over again. And you know we, we kept our we keep receiving inventory we have a great inventory but other dealers are suffering from when they panicked and didn't order or you know sold a lot of their cars now you know they're having not you know the whole world is on this not just you know a country or, or anything like that we were fortunate to to, to to make that call and it paid off for us
0: yeah that's great and you know come to think of it like in hindsight now being in the business of selling you know new or used vehicles um, is one thing where you still see the demand, you know, with like you said, government, families, businesses, and then you take a look at the car rental business and what's happened to them because of the pandemic, they went from, you know, being around for decades, you know, to just overnight not being around, like Hertz, for example. So you see that already the difference as people travel less, um, they have less need to, I guess, you know, rent a vehicle uh
1: people are afraid people we we don't know we don't we don't know what's going to happen we don't know when it's going to happen if anything we we don't know anything we're we're living i mean i don't think anyone knows we don't know like people are talking about a second wave people are talking about you know for sure we're going to be affected you can't live off of fear but you have to be careful and you have to be you have to be intelligent about the way you you know you, you prepare for this thing what we have learned from from this pandemic is that you know uh nothing is for granted nothing nothing is for sure nothing we don't we, this is like a a third world war but you can't see it you can't hear it you get and everybody's affected everybody's afraid and uh you know the numbers are staggering we, we, you look at the us and you look at canada and you look at how many people got infected with this uh, disease with this virus it's 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 crazy and, and we, we can't see it we can't avoid it we don't know we, i mean besides just being in a bubble there's really not much you can you can do about it now the other advantage or disadvantage depending on which way you look at it is that people people aren't traveling people aren't going anywhere so to answer your question about the rental car business is that people aren't traveling so there's no need for them to rent cars and 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 see other things but the one thing that people did you know knowing that they can't travel knowing that they can't go abroad they can't go for summer vacations uh, as they usually do people decided to spoil themselves locally buying, you know, whether it's replacing your car, uh, renovating your home or parts of your home, buying, you know, ATVs or, or, or CDs or boats, people spent their money on that just to kind of have some kind of fun. Cause you know, everything just went to a, a stop. So now people are doing things that are family oriented that, that are, you know, you go for a trip with your family and then, You come back, you you go uh, visit somewhere and you come back. But it's with your own car, with your own city, in your own area. Uh, And uh, locally, it's been great because everyone's spending locally and no one is spending outside because no one is going anywhere. And uh, for the areas that were less affected, I think they had an influx of visitors because people felt safer visiting them. So in our... our area for example it's it's a it's a beautiful area and it is it's full of you know a lot of forests, a lot of water a lot of atving sea doing boats um it's it's, um, it's 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 great so a lot of people from montreal or quebec would come and visit spend money here and uh, go back home
0: right so that's been a great thing for you and uh, now i have to ask you in the next 2 weeks school is starting how do you feel as a parent sending your child to school
1: i have to believe in in the system i have to believe that Somebody somewhere out there thought about this and my kid is going to be safe. And, and at the same time, uh, the kids need to, to learn. They have to get educated. And again, uh, we're, we're very lucky here. We have maybe 16 active cases right now. So it's very controlled and it's very under control. What's going to happen, what we're afraid of is all the false information. You know, Somebody's going to have a cold and he's going to be sent home for 14 days that's and then if he's sent home for 14 days then the parent is home for 14 days and if he has to be tested the whole family has to be tested so it's everything all the panic that's going to come with all that that we're worried about more so than sending a child to school
0: right understood okay mo thank you for the valuable information how can we reach you if we are looking for a new vehicle want more information how do we get in touch
1: uh, chicrutamychrysler.ca that's our website and uh, you could find me there and you can find a way to contact me through our website
0: yeah because i know i've had a personal experience of purchasing a vehicle from you and again long distance it worked out i looked at the pictures <laughs> you know i think we did this before the pandemic so you know it, it works
1: well as a dealer we, we uh we have a, a different uh plan we, we deliver cars throughout uh uh ontario and quebec and we will deliver the car right to your house without you having to step foot in our dealership. So uh, we 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 can we can do that for uh, for you, uh, and everything's signed virtually. Before it was uh, a bit more difficult because everything had to be signed here, but now that the law's been amended that you can sign documents outside of your workplace, then it's. Uh, it's okay. So we've had a flux of people because we have the inventory. Contrary to a lot of people that don't have the inventory, we've had a flux of customers that are outside of our area reaching out to us and we were able to service them as well.
0: Well, that's great. Thank you so much for your time today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you. This was Roll Call with Ramona. I'm your host Ramona Singh. Until next time, we'll talk soon.